All right, guys, welcome to Power Five Friday. This is the Electables podcast. I'm Adrian Elrod. I'm here with my friend and colleague of the podcast, Doug Thornell. Um, we are also joined by special guest Kurt Bardella today, former GOPer, now full on Democratic strategist, um, who's also a big country music fan and also a country music, not just a fan, but an expert of country music. So, Kurt, we thought maybe we could like kick off the Power Five today with a fun country music song. Who do you who do you like? What should we what put should we on? Play? You know, I'm feeling Marin Morris, her new album and single, Female Empowerment All the Way, a uh, song called Girl. I love this song. Michael, hit it. All right, I will kick us off. My um, my fifth person, my fifth candidate today, uh, top five of who would be president if the election were held today, uh, or the, rather the Democratic nominee, is Amy Klobuchar. I still think she's got um, durability in this race. Um, I think that there is, uh, you know, Democratic Party primary voters are very, very smart. Um, they're very well-versed, and I think they're going to be looking at somebody who they think can take on Trump and also somebody who can claim back some of the states that we lost in 2016. So I think Amy Klobuchar has got staying power in that regard. I think she'll do well in the debates. And for that reason, she is my number five. Kurt. All right. My number five is a different female senator. It's Elizabeth Warren. She would be higher, but I think that the the entrance of, of Bernie Sanders, you know, I think that he bites into her support a little bit right now. And so that, that brings her down to five on my list. My number five is Elizabeth Warren as well. Uh, she had a, a, a good week where she announced she got a lot of coverage for talking about uh, taking apart the tech companies. Uh, she's got a really, I go back to a point I've made over and over again. I think others have as well. She's got a very crisp, coherent message. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the sharpest message of the folks in the field. And she's my number five. And also her proximity to New Hampshire is going to be helpful. Even though she's pulling at 9% in New Hampshire right now. Yes, that's true. But she's got room to grow, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is Beto O'Rourke. Um, he had a really good rollout. He's only been in the race for about 24 hours uh, at this point. But, um, you know, time will still tell in terms of how long he is able to keep up this momentum that he's got. I think he's going to raise a lot of money. Um, but I think he's got a lot of work to do on his policy proposals and really solidifying them and distinguishing him from himself from the rest of the back. But I do think if he can hone in on a really sharp message and convince voters that he's got the experience to be president of the United States, um, that he could actually climb, you know, to the top of this list. My number four is Bernie Sanders. I think for the same reasons that I put Warren at five, Bernie's at four slightly ahead. They, I think they're pulling from the same group of voters. Bernie does have national recognition bump from his last foray into the into the presidential side, so he has a little bit of advantage over Warren, but I put him at four. My number four is Beto O'Rourke as well. Uh, he had a good rollout. He's got the potential to raise a whole lot of money, uh, but with that comes expectations that he's going to hold that he is going to raise a whole lot of money, uh, and so that's going to be something he's going to have to deal with. I agree with. Adrian, I think from a personality standpoint, from a charisma standpoint, you know, he's right there at the top. But uh, where did, what does he believe in? What are the policies he's going to push? And what's his pathway to the nomination? What's that coalition that he puts together? Uh, I'm not quite sure about that. But of course, that's why we got campaigns. You know, there's been some speculation. I just want to throw this in there on Beto that Jen O'Malley Dillon may um, be tapped to run his campaign or hmm. that he's talking to her. If that's the case. I'd put him almost at number one Rock because star. she's one of the best 
um, in the business, and she's actually somebody that we should have on this podcast. Yeah, that would be. Jen, are you listening? Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on, Jen. <laughs> um, my number three is Kamala Harris. Um, again, outstanding rollout, outstanding series of um, you know interviews that she's done so far, and I think in a good way she's now sort of sitting back and, um, and plotting her path toward the nomination. Um, she's got the charisma. She's a woman. She's diverse. Um, she's smart. I think she'll do well in the debates, and um, I think she um, is positioned to do very well in the early states, especially states like California during Super Tuesday. My number three is Beto. Um, I think that his appeal to younger voters is very distinct and unique, and it's an area that no one else is pulling from right now that's in the race in the same way. And so having that singular ability right now, I think, to connect with that group who did so much more in turning out in the midterm election and will be even more, I think, uh, animated to come out in the in the 2020 presidential is a unique distinguisher for him. My number three is Kamala Harris. And uh, look, I think she has one of the clearest paths to the nomination. I think she does well in Iowa. She does better than expected in New Hampshire. She wins South Carolina. She wins California. She wins a couple other Super Tuesday states, and she's on her way. Uh, my concerns about her is that, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit more from the vision standpoint from her and, and, a, and a, a bit sharper message. But she's got a great team around her. She's, she's demonstrated that she can do all the nuts and bolts of a campaign. She can walk that high wire act. And, um, you know, she has made very few mistakes. I'm surprised about some of the positions she's taken, but she's a clear number three for me right now. She, you know, she could even be higher. My number two is Bernie Sanders. Um, again, I, you cannot underestimate how significant his fundraising was the first 24 hours. Um, 40%, he raised $60 million, $6 million rather, um, dollars in the first 24 hours, and 40% of that funding came from new donors. Um, so that, I mean, it, it, everybody else pales in comparison to that. We thought Kamala was shattering records by raising 1.5 and then here comes Bernie with 6 million. So he does have, have the advantage of having a good list, but again, 40% of those donors were new donors to Bernie Sanders. He's got a message. People know what he stands for. Um, in a crowded primary name ID actually does matter. I know some people will say, well, you know, right now Biden and Bernie have really high name ID. That's going to change as more people become well-known. That's true. But the more people who jump in this race, the more, somebody that has name ID and, you know, a, a message that people know what it is and it resonates, uh, the more that that allows them to stand out and, and create, um, I think, a, a stronger path for them. So with that being said, Bernie Sanders is my number two. My number two is Kamala. Uh, you look at someone who, strong woman, in, an, in a time where women are becoming such a dominant force and voting block within the Democratic primary, person of color, former attorney general, no one can can hang uh, on her that she's in any way not weak or up to the task of standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with Donald Trump. I think those are all distinguishers that she's going to be on the on, on the ticket one way or the other when it's all said and done. Uh, my number two is uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. And um, look, he I, I'm pretty convinced he's getting in. Uh, it's only a matter of time. It's probably likely in early April. And he right now is leading most of the polls. Uh, of course, the polls don't mean a whole lot right now. But what I find is, you know, what I think is interesting within the polls is he's got a very high favorable standing within the Democratic Party. We'll see how that stands up during a campaign. But I think he also has the ability to put together a really uh, broad coalition. Uh, my questions about Joe are related to his ability to fundraise. 
uh, his ability to speak to younger voters and have a message that works with younger voters, and to address uh, some of the p- previous issues that uh, and positions he's had in his career that uh, are now really unpopular within the party. But uh, look, right now, there's no doubt in my mind, he's definitely a top top three guy, number two, top top two candidate. Um, so he's my number two. Well, my number one is Vice President, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. But I will say um, that it was a really close call between him and, Ber- and Bernie for me. Um, and I think time will tell in terms of how um, Joe Biden, should he get into the race, which I think we all assume that he is, how he will address some of the issues like his record on criminal justice, um, his handling of the Anita Hill hearings. Uh, there, you know, he's got a record. He's been in public service, elected public service since he was 28 years old. Um, Kurt can tell us more than anybody is somebody who worked on the oversight committee that when you've got a litany of research and opposition research on somebody, I mean, there's just so much to work with there. So, um, he's got to be able to raise the money. He's and it can't just be, you know, big donors writing big max out checks. He's got to prove that he can raise grassroots, uh, money from across the country. Um, and I think that probably has a lot to do with his hesitation to get in the race because he knows, um, how fierce the competition is. But right now he's still my number one. And much like Adrian, my number one is Biden for all the reasons that, that we've all talked about. And, and, and also, too, I think, again, this is someone who, unlike everybody else, doesn't have to pretend to be presidential or, or grow into being presidential. He just is at this point. And I think that will be a powerful distinguisher when they're on, all on a debate stage with one another. Yeah. Just one thing on Biden. I think he has the flexibility and the freedom to take some time on this one. He's got, he's got very well, he's got very high name ID within the party. So if you can sit on the sidelines and scout your opponents for two months, that's uh, an advantage that you definitely want to take, you know, you want to take. So my number one is Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. I thought you were going to say Howard Schultz. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's number one in the race uh, on the, in the independent uh, category. Um, yeah, look, Bernie, uh, you know, he, to Adrian's point, raised a whole lot of money in those first uh, 24 hours. And then certainly the week after, he's got a very strong, dedicated base of support. Although I think it is, it has obviously shrunk since 2016, especially if you look at polls in New Hampshire. He won New Hampshire going away. Now he is in basically a dead heat with, um, with Joe Biden. But, you know, look, he's got he knows who he is. He's got an authentic mess. He's got an authentic profile. He's got a strong message. My concerns with Bernie always get back to whether or not he can expand his his coalition beyond, um, you know, progressives and um, and whites. And um, right now, uh, you know, I know he's making an effort to do that. But the the single reason why Hillary Clinton won the nomination was uh, because she was able to. Uh, appeal to and gain the support of African Americans and Hispanics, and she had a divert. She had a much more diverse coalition than Bernie did. That's not to say that there weren't African Americans that supported him. There were. There's obviously are, and he had a number of them were part were at his rollout. But I just need to see what whether or not he can bring, um, you know, more of the party into his party. Uh, if he can do that, he might be on his way to Milwaukee. But. Um, it was a toss-up, really, between him and Biden. I gave it to Bernie because Bernie's in and Biden isn't in yet. Fair. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for the Power Five. I'm going to go have a beer. I don't know about you guys, but it's Friday. TGIF. Yeah, I think I have, we should have a beer. Let's yeah, do it. Happy hour. Kurt, thank you for, for, for doing this. And the Morning Hangover, right? Yes, sir. www.morninghangover.com for all you country music political fans out there. All right. 
That's the power of five. Thanks, Bye, guys. Adrian. Bye, Doug.